I'm Ronnie Dattle with the Dattle Farms in Riesel, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. Great to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, high fertilizer prices have taken a toll on both farmers and ranchers and the fertilizer companies. We'll check in with one Texas-based fertilizer company coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Agriculture producers are dealing with tighter budgets this year due to those interest rate hikes the Fed has imposed. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about how all of this affects farmers' decision-making. Property taxes and property rights are key issues for farmers, ranchers, and landowners across Texas as the 88th session of the state legislature is underway. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll get an insight on those issues from the state capitol on Texas Ag Today. January has started out on a dry note, but it's Junior Livestock Show time in the Coastal Bend. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Beltwide Cotton Conferences have wrapped up in New Orleans this year. One of the presenters there was Texan Toby Lavinka. His family owns and operates the fertilizer company American Plant Food Corporation, headquartered just east of Houston. He says high fertilizer prices have taken a big bite out of his business. It's been a tough year in Texas, though. You know, historically, we've had a really stable market. But what happened this year is these prices really damaged our use in Texas. And certainly drought had a lot to do with that. I'm not going to tell you that we didn't have one of the worst droughts. Anybody knows that? When you see them bailing cotton up in the plains to haul down to central Texas to feed cattle, you know you've had a tough year. But the high prices don't work. We do not have a farmer that can buy a $1,000 ton fertilizer. I'm sorry, a dry land farmer can't. I spoke up in front of the uh, group of the uh, Texas agronomists, and I told every one of them, if anybody's telling you you need to spend $1,000 here in Texas for dry land crop, you need to fire your supplier because you can't afford it. Lovinka says some of his retail locations saw a 90% drop in fertilizer purchases in 2022. The 88th session of the Texas legislature is now underway. Tom Nicoletti looks at some of the legislative issues affecting Texas farmers and ranchers. The state legislature began its 88th session on Tuesday, January 10th. And as lawmakers uh, begin the session in Austin, there are a number of issues that uh, will be addressed uh, from an agricultural standpoint. And uh, Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director Charlie Leal joins us from the state capitol. And uh, Charlie, certainly uh, agricultural producers are uh, interested in uh, what will happen in the legislature when it comes to property taxes, which are still uh, quite excessive in the state. 
Absolutely, Tom. Uh, with this session, we are looking at a record $27 billion surplus. And the push right now is for property tax reform and ensuring a way for providing some relief for property owners. What that's going to look like, how that's going to come about is anyone's guess at this point. And then there are property rights, whereby uh, regulatory authority over the use of private property uh, has uh, certainly uh, caught the attention of farmers, ranchers, and landowners. As with every session, property rights is paramount in Texas, and always keeping an eye on any kind of unnecessary regulatory authority being exerted over private property. No one should be able to tell you what you can do with your land. That is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director Charlie Leal from Austin. Charlie and his staff will keep us informed throughout the 140-day legislative session on these and other key agricultural issues. These include priorities for water, transportation, animal care, feral hog control, right to farm, and truth in labeling legislation. I'm Tom Nicolotti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas farmers and ranchers are dealing with tighter budgets this year thanks to the Fed's interest rate hikes. James Hunt looks at how this affects a farmer's decision-making for 2023. As Texas High Plains farmers fine-tune their budgets for the coming crop season, there's a big factor at play on the expense side of the ledger. Interest rates are a lot higher than they were a year ago. Economist Justin Benavidez with Texas A&M AgriLife's Amarillo office says the moves made by the Federal Reserve have significant meaning to producers. Interest rate hikes are going to influence everything from whether you want to make a new purchase of land, what you're paying for your operating note. In the same sense that inflation touches everything that we do, interest rate hikes touch everything we do. Every seed you plant, every drop of water that you pump becomes a little bit more expensive because of what you're having to spend on your operating note. So it goes back to one thing that I think producers have to remember is that revenue does not equal profit. And I know there will be producers who roll their eyes at me who disagree, but putting more inputs on, pushing yields does not always guarantee more profit, right? Getting a record-breaking yield at a high cost does not mean that you made more money. It might, but if you sit down and crunch the numbers and you do a more reduced input production plan, you might find yourself making more profit on lower yields. So it touches everything. The interest rate hikes touch every item that you put into the field because money has become more expensive. Those thoughts from Texas A&M AgriLife economist Justin Benavidez in Amarillo. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Junior Livestock Show season has begun. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. The Nueces County Junior Livestock Show will be taking place here uh, during the second and third weeks of January. And the San Pat Show takes place the final week of the month. And that generally brings rain here to the Coastal Bend area. Most years... We can get some showers, anywhere from a half to better than an inch of rain during show weeks. But it's been my observation over the years that when we do not have rain during those stock shows, it's a bad omen for agriculture. That means that it's probably going to be a dry spring and topsoil moisture will be diminishing and crops might not get off to a good start and rangeland won't green up and grow. 
The National Weather Service is confirming some of that situation, predicting a drier and milder winter for our area. And with December falling short in the rainfall department, our county received anywhere between a half inch to a quarter inch only precipitation that came to us during the month of December. That resulted in some pretty serious deficits here in the coastal bend with the Corpus Christi area having a minus 5.89 in the rainfall department. But that wasn't as great as some of our adjoining counties with Kingsville coming in at a minus 8.4. Sinton had a minus 9.75. Beeville had 11.9 inches deficit and the Goliad reporting station came in with a minus 13 and a half inches for the 2022 year. Much like the remainder of Texas, the coastal bend area still suffering from rainfall deficits and will need some good general rains in our area in the next 60 to 70 days in order to get our spring crops off to a good start and our pastures growing and going once warmer temperatures arrive in March. Reporting from the coastal bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. A soil test is the first step in reducing fertilizer use and improving forage production. Forage specialist Dr. Vanessa Olson has more from East Texas. Soil tests can be used to estimate the kinds and amounts of soil nutrients available to plants. They also can be used as aids in determining fertilizer needs and the soil pH. Properly conducted soil sampling and testing can be cost-effective indicators of the types and amounts of fertilizer and lime needed to improve forage yield. The objective in sampling is to obtain small, composited samples of soil that represent the entire area to be fertilized. In fields up to 40 acres, collect at least 15 to 20 cores or slices of soil per composite sample. Place the cores in a clean plastic bucket or other non-metal container and thoroughly mix the soil. Ensure that buckets and sampling tools are clean and free of fertilizer and limestone residues. Even a small amount of fertilizer transferred from sampling tools to the soil can seriously contaminate the sample and produce misleading results. Unusual problem areas should be omitted or sampled separately. To properly diagnose the causes of poor forage production, collect separate composite samples from the good and poor growth areas. Several tools can be used to collect samples, including trowels, spades, sharpshooters, and soil probes. Soil samples are collected to a depth of six inches for standard routine analysis. Samples should be collected annually for hay meadows and every two to three years for grazing pastures. For soil forms and bags, contact your local county extension office. Soil nutrient levels change during the year, depending on the temperature and moisture content of the soils. It is important, therefore, that samples be taken at or near the same time each year so results from year to year can be compared. If a sound soil testing program is not followed, a deficiency or an excess in fertilization rates can result. Soil testing is the first step in improving forage production. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension in Overton for Texas Ag Today. There are more than two and a half million feral hogs in Texas, and they can damage a lot. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more on what can be done to control their ever-growing populations coming up on Texas Ag Today. And calving season is just beginning for spring calving herds. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Calving season is just beginning for spring calving herds. Dr. Bob Judd says that may bring the need to resuscitate newborn calves. Anytime the cow requires assistance to deliver a calf, resuscitating the calf may be required. Dr. Andrew Dan from Attica, New York, indicates that about 50% of the calves he resuscitates survive. Dr. Jeff Smith with Zoetis indicates that after a typical birth, a calf should breathe within 30 seconds of delivery, lift the head within 3 minutes, sit up on its own in 5 minutes, and should try to stand in about 20 minutes. If a calf is not meeting these criteria or the calf has irregular breathing or blue mucous membranes, resuscitation is needed. There is even an app called a Calf Viger Score, and this is V-I-G-O-R, that is available for an iPhone, and this app allows you to put in vital parameters, and it will score the calf and help to assess the patient, and is similar to the APGAR scoring system used in human infants. The first procedure in resuscitation is clearing the air passages, and this can be done with a suction bulb or a turkey baster. Next, always place calves sitting up in the sternal recumbency and prop them up with hay if necessary, as breathing is much easier and they can expand their lungs much better. Some of these calves need to be stimulated, and Dr. Dan indicates pouring a small amount of cold tap water in one ear. However, use maybe two ounces, as we do not want to get the entire calf wet in cold weather. You can also tickle the inside of the calf's nostril with a stiff piece of hay as a stimulus, while some farms give the calf the five-hour energy product for stimulation as it contains a lot of caffeine. There are some medications that can be useful in these calves, such as Dopram, to stimulate respiration, and even epinephrine. So ask your bovine veterinarian about these medications. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are more than two and a half million wild hogs here in Texas, and they can do a lot of damage. Jessica Domo looks at some control methods in today's wildlife report. It is no secret that feral hogs or wild pigs are a huge problem to landowners, farmers, ranchers, golf courses, and even cemeteries in the Lone Star State. These opportunistic omnivores will eat almost anything. They root up grass, entire fields of crops, and pastures. They wallow in our water resources, potentially impairing watersheds with the bacteria in their feces. They can kill and eat other wildlife, destroy critical habitat for wildlife, and compete with them for valuable resources. And according to Zach Davis, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension agent for Hill County, they can also transmit disease. And they've been known to kill lambs, calves, and kid goats. At the recent Blackland Income Growth Conference in Waco, Davis told the crowd that there are an estimated 2.6 million feral hogs in Texas and about 6.9 million nationwide. They can be found in all counties in Texas except for one, El Paso County. So what can be done to control feral hogs and their rapidly growing populations? Davis told us there are several options. 
So there's trapping, there's shooting, there's aerial control. Obviously there's hunting with dogs where the dogs would bay them up and then the hunters would take care of them after that. And then there's snares, which are another form of trap, non-selective type deal that's only going to catch one hog at a time, but that is an option. And then the only chemically type related option that's out there currently are contraceptives. There are some that are, are commercially available. We'll have more on this on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market closed mixed Friday while cotton and grains were higher. We'll check out all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a mixed trade in the cattle complex on Friday. Live cattle closing mixed with feeder cattle finishing lower. February live cattle up 17 cents, 157.72. The April down two at 160.90. June live cattle up 15 cents, 157.07. Feeder cattle lower with January feeders dropping 87 cents Friday, 181.25. March feeder cattle down a dollar forty, one eighty two eighty seven, while April was down a dollar thirty five, one eighty seven oh five. Cash fed cattle market wrapping up the week, selling cattle a dollar lower at one fifty six. Earlier in the week, we expected the market to move higher, but that just didn't happen. Feedlots finally gave in and took a dollar lower, selling cattle at one fifty six here in Texas. When you look up north, dressed cattle sold at two fifty. That's two bucks lower than the previous week. Boxed beef prices higher. Choice up ninety-four cents Friday, two seventy-eight forty-three. Select up a dollar three, two fifty-eight oh four. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Sean Geiswhite sold cattle in Fredericksburg on Wednesday. I spoke with him Wednesday night. Sean, how did it turn out? Went good again, Larry. Uh, ended up with 1570s, right, 15, 60, 70, right around there. So we got our 1500. Uh, we talked about cows and bulls are probably steady. Uh, steers and heifers, so I'm going to call the uh, steers probably a good uh, quality steers, probably two to four higher. Some of the six weight cattle might have been a, you know, five six higher and on the heifers probably two to three higher uh so i thought we got along real good those bread cows that we had you know they we weighed most of them but they they kind of bring up around that 1300 12 1300 so i thought that was pretty good uh we had a few pairs uh kind of bring up to three uh 1350 some younger pairs that were were thin uh didn't have a whole lot to pick through there but i thought we got along real well kind of some of those we can go through this market uh some of those three to four weight cattle 
kind of bring from 250 to 60 on the top end, uh, on the steer end, and uh, the four or five weight cattle kind of bring around that 230 to 35 on the top end, uh, five to six weight cattle up to 220, and some of the six and seven weight cattle, we had a 600 and, oh, I would say we had 610, 15, he brought 199, almost got $2 for him. So I thought we got along real well there. And on the heifer end, kind of those uh, four to five weight heifers kind of bring up to, you know, 220, 225, somewhere in there on the top end. And the five to six weight heifers up to buck 85, I guess, was, was the top. So I thought we got along real good. It was active and everybody jumped in there and, and needed, needed some stock. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next week, Sean. You can reach us at 830-997-4394. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Mar- for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finished mixed. February hogs dropped 10 cents, 78.65, while the April contract was up 10 cents, 87.27. Class 3 milk lower, January milk down 6, 19.46.100, while February milk was down 11 cents, 18.67.100 weight. The cotton market closed slightly higher in Friday's trade. Poor export sales continue to keep a lid on this market. Thursday's export sales report showed that cumulative sales for the 22-23 year have reached 8.856 million bales. That is down from almost 11 million a year ago, and it's the lowest level we've seen since the 2016-2017 season. March cotton up 25 points Friday, closing at 82.29, May up 33, 82.60, while new crop December cotton was up 71, closing at 80.79 cents. Continued follow-through higher in the grain markets following Thursday's bullish USDA crop production and supply and demand reports. Of course, USDA lowered the carryout estimates for both corn and wheat in the report. That boosted prices Thursday and Friday. March corn up another 4 cents, 6.75 a bushel. May corn up four and a quarter, six seventy-three and three quarters, while September was up one and a quarter, six fourteen and a quarter. Wheat market higher also. March Kansas City wheat up eight and three quarters, eight forty-three and three quarters. March Chicago wheat up a penny, seven forty-three and three quarters. In the energy markets Friday, February natural gas down twenty-two cents, three forty-seven. February West Texas crude up a dollar fifty-one, seventy-nine ninety a barrel. The financial markets slightly higher Friday afternoon. The Dow up 65 points, 34,255. The Nasdaq up 47 at 11,048, while the S&P was up 9, 3,992. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or dfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.